0: CliffCentral.com. I'm Jakub Wojt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled. In this series, I help to demystify technology in the world of business. Join me as we explore how technology can make your business better. In this episode, we're chatting about the 5G hype. We're chatting about the different connectivity G's, what to expect from 5G technology, and how a business should plan for this. By the end of this episode, you'll have a clearer idea of how 5G can enhance your business communications. Uh, I'm joined by Justin Kulain, Chief Sales and Marketing for ComSol. Justin, welcome. Yeah, good morning. Thank you for the uh, opportunity, Yaku. So we always start the show by just uh, telling the the listeners
1: a little bit about yourself. Ah, Thank you. So uh, always been in the industry, uh, telecoms for uh, 20, 30-odd years, been with ComSol for the last six years, and, uh, yeah, connectivity And just the digitization of businesses has always been my, uh, always been my passion. And, uh, I must admit I've tried to get out of the industry once or twice (laughs) and it's sucked me right back in. Like the mafia. 100%. And it's made, uh, it's, I've made peace with the fact that, uh, this is, uh, this is what I'm passionate about and uh, also, uh, you know, helping customers and educating customers on what their technology options are in the marketplace.
0: It's it's really the comic date must be massive. It's you amazing. and I were talking about it now because I'm in the same boat. And some days we don't know why, but we can't leave it. It's it's just too too
1: important for us. No, exactly, exactly. And I think it's in a very important uh, you know aspect for uh, for the country and for everybody uh, in the country. You know, whether you're a consumer or business, uh, connectivity is vital.
0: Okay, so let's jump straight into it. Um, and I've got a I've, I want to expand on this. But uh, we're talking about this, the 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 G's of this wireless world, 2G, 3G, 4G. Just maybe take us a little bit through what those different terms mean, cool. because I think uh, you know the typical uh, user or consumer would see uh, an ad on TV and then have a perception around it. So maybe when we see 4G, we think we're sitting on the on the beach. Uh, Maybe just take us through what those different Gs mean.
1: Cool. So, yeah. So, I mean, it probably goes back to 1979, 1980. One G came out, and that was really just a voice uh, uh, platform. And it was for voice calls. That was it. So the first kind of GSM cellular uh, world was 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 born. And then, uh, funnily enough, uh, kind of nearly every ten years, a G has come out subsequently. So uh, you know, it went to kind of call it 1990. 2G came out. That's where they added in SMS, some messaging, and uh, and they clipped on a little bit of data that you could access the uh, the, the the internet. But remember as well that the internet wasn't quite there yet in uh, in oh. the 1990s then we got to 3G in in 2000 and that's where you really started uh, you know the uh, the internet had matured by then the uh, the mobile and the cellular environment had matured by then, and you started getting feature phones and uh, and, and, and effectively a single device that would incorporate uh, you know texting voice uh, data and and video also started. And I think with, with that then slightly richer content was starting to be accessed through, uh, through, through the devices and on the move. And uh, by 2010, you had, uh, you know, 4G and, uh, and now 2020, 2021, you know, we, we're sitting on 5G. So I think by the time, uh, you know, the industry had made the, uh, the transition from 1G to 3G, that was really early stages. Predominantly voice, uh, and, and, and SMS and subsequently kind of 3G, 4G, 5G has been, uh, richer content and more capacity because of the rich content that people were either uploading or downloading, so really, I think the last uh, the last couple of g 's even though the underlying technology had also made massive progress because of the what I call the silicon or the chipsets had become more uh, sophisticated it 's all around at this point in time around capacity and uh, and bigger pipes, so you know you 'll get the five g Network operators out there talking about 200 megabits per second downlink, or 350, or 175. So depending on the technology, depending on the ecosystem, it's now really just around how fast is this link of mine at uh, at a 5G.
0: So, so every time. Uh, uh we go to higher G. Does that imply then, um, more speed? Is that basically the, the bottom Correct. line?
1: Yeah. So, it, so it implies more speed, but I think there's a, there's a fundamental learning to be had around 5G and why the hype on 5G. So yes, we had one, two, three and 4G. Uh, there's the, also this concept called LTE, which is long ah, term e- evolution. Now, yeah. yeah. Which is kind of, 4.5G uh, for lack of a better, uh, for lack of a better word. And uh, and really, but 5G. The hype around it is not only about the size of the pipe, but it really is about the latency and how quick you can upload information or download information on on this 5G environment. And that, for me, is the real discussion around 5G. Uh, there's, there's 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 a lot of hype around autonomy, autonomous vehicles, uh, you know, uh, artificial intelligence, um, virtual reality, and I think with those concepts, number one, the content is very very rich. It's it's ultra high definition, uh, but you need latencies, and it's got to be very very fast. Not necessarily big in terms of pipe, but it's got to be fast. Um, and we'll get to a little bit more around that when we talk about autonomy or autonomous vehicles, because uh, the, you know these things are driving themselves around and they've got to make decisions uh, based on uh, based on the, their technology. So that's going to be within a microsecond of 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 uh, in South Africa. Sorry, is uh, is you know swerving out the way for a pothole in an autonomous vehicle? <laughs> quick oh, decision. It's got to
0: think very quick. Um, so so on that note, um, I was just sitting thinking as you were talking now, um, s- somebody uh, – my next question now is basically before we dive into this 5G technology specifically, um, I wanted you to give me an overview of, of what your lay of the land is of the connectivity landscape in South Africa. You and I spoke about it a lot now. But um, you just made me think now there was somebody uh, in our estate uh, telegram group that, that uh, made a uh, – or, or had a query the other day that says every time when um, there's load shedding, the the LTE disappears. So um, m- maybe can you talk for two seconds about that? I know that's a bit impromptu, but yeah.
1: – No, 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 absolutely. Why does that happen? So, so, so a lot of times, uh, you know, that's why it's called a cellular network. So it is effectively, uh, you know, a network that is made up of a whole lot of cells – and the one challenge is you'll see that uh, load shedding hits. And within an hour or two, uh, power issues start uh, you know, uh, creeping in at the, at the tower level. And then you'll see you go from 5G to LTE to 4G. And then when you get to 3G, effectively nothing works. <laughs> you, you, voice might work at 3G where we are now. So that it really just is uh, the networks uh, consume a lot of power. And, uh, so what happens is as that power reduction, uh, reduces due to either battery life or, or cable theft or whatever the case might be, it puts, uh, a, a, a power load on the, on the tower and it auto- automatically throttles itself back. And with that, the cell gets smaller. So effectively, your coverage area becomes slightly sh- smaller, and that's why you see the degradation in, in mobile or cellular services. And that's why it eventually disappears. And, and you've got to remember as well that the user experience, uh, and let's just talk back up for a minute as well. So, yeah. uh, whatever reason my fiber goes down, or my, or, or I've only got mobile connectivity, something happens with my primary connectivity, and all of a sudden you've got an extra thousand people hopping onto the tower and consuming data and bandwidth around, uh, around the tower. That also, the, 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 the busyness of a sector on a tower also creates cell shrinkage. And that also, once again, plays a, a role in the customer experience.
0: And that's so fundamental in terms of exactly what you and I were talking about now around uh, customer ex- expectation where there's this perception, and I mean, that, that query that that uh, person had on, on the, the estate telegram group was so telling to me where um, we all know it's load shedding, but the expectation of the, of the network is it must just work. Yeah. So it's almost like we're living in, in two
1: realms of reality. Um, okay, South African connectivity landscape. Sure, it's interesting at the moment. There is, um, you know, there are probably 10 or 12 major infrastructure players. Um, as we also said earlier on, and we won't use the word that, uh, you know, us South Africans are extremely fiber-centric uh, in terms of the connectivity landscape. And uh, I was at AfricaCom uh, last year, and we had some international guests out and analysts, and they said, you know, why are you guys so hell-bent on fiber, you know, at the end of the day, you, you want connectivity, but you guys stipulate, I always want fiber. So, so there's a big emphasis on fiber. And of course, there's some big players rolling out fiber in, uh, in South Africa as Which well. Which
0: is actually ironic because, uh, uh, we're not a very dense population. So the, the less dense you are, the more difficult. The, that fiber becomes
1: exactly, exactly. So, so, and and I think what what has happened in South Africa, that land grab has come to an end. I think the uh, the leafy suburbs have all got fiber in. I think there's been some wastage. Uh, there's been some overbuild. So you've got uh, multiple fiber providers uh, rolling out fiber in exactly the same mm. areas, which is which is unfortunately a waste. But it is what it is. Nonsensical, uh, almost. It's nonsensical, and it costs money. And 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 then you know what happens is, geez, but I've got an now uh, monetize this uh, this investment of mine, so you know i 've got to look for the scale, and uh, all of a sudden people start uh, selling on price and we 're seeing that in the marketplace at the moment so so we 've got the fiber component we then have got. You know, wireless and wireless is such, a, is such a broad term, and 5G falls within the wireless uh, realm. But I think it's very, very important that you know, on our chat groups as well in the suburb, it's like my Wi-Fi is not working, and then like mm. Elaine wants to hop onto the group and say, okay, now what part is not working? Are you on Wi-Fi on your cell phone, or you on Wi-Fi on your laptop? Is it an old laptop? Uh, is, have you got uh, wireless connectivity coming into your house? Have you got fibre connected to your Wi-Fi? So, so so there's a there's a there's a massive uh, educational aspect that yes. needs to take place uh, in South Africa as well for both consumers and business. So we've got the wireless side of things, and then just to really complicate it even more, you know, we've got we've got uh, 4G LTE, 5G, we've got Wi-Fi, we've got Wi-Fi six. And and then we've got licensed fixed wireless access microwave services and unlicensed fixed wireless access microwave services. So, so there's a lot to take in, but there's also a lot of misunderstanding in terms of the components that make up my connectivity and what is the, really the right thing for me to use as a consumer or a business. And uh, the irony is there's place for everything. But you know, people are once again so hell bent on the technology that one's better than the other. But if you just step back and have a look at what is going to make my life easy and what is the right thing to do, there's always a solution across the suite of connectivity, last mile technologies in in South Africa.
0: And and for me, I have this conversation often, um, and, and you and I spoke a little bit about it. Um, we as a as a consumer, be it business or residential, we we tend to be um uh, almost a, sometimes a little bit deliberately ignorant. Um and the reason why I say that is because is when we have a a, a price obsession, mm. um I always use the example of saying, you know, you can if you want to put tires on your car, you can um go in and put tires on the on, on your car at, at a at a store or you can or if you drive and on the corner there's a guy with tires it's the same thing it's round it's got a specific size to it it's made of rubber it's going to go into a car but you're not initially going to go and, and buy your tires on the side of the road mm. but it's cheaper mm. so we tend to be a little bit uh, um, i almost want to say deliberately ignorant yeah um, by, by just having the, the, the price play. And, and, you and I spoke about it earlier in terms of the, the impact on value that one, that one can deliver. Um, how bigger, how bigger deal is load shedding in this, in this, uh, world?
1: No, listen, from, from a, so, so, so just to come back to the, uh, the tie analogy, I think it's very, very true. And I think, uh, I think quite often we penny wise, pound foolish as, as South Africans. Um, you know, because we've also got short memories. You know, I, I took pain last week. My connectivity was down. But, uh, I'm not going to do anything about it or I'm not prepared to, uh, you know, spend a little bit more money on, on reliable connectivity, uh, till the next outage. And, and for whatever reason, we just keep on dragging ourselves along. I think it's that, that perceived hassle factor of changing operators or changing technology. Yes, it always costs money. But at the end of the day, you know, what is that employee experience or customer experience that you're trying to, uh, develop and maintain as a, as, a, as a business? When it comes to uh, load shedding, it's massive in, in in South Africa at the moment, and uh, you know we're very, very um, fortunate as uh, as Comsol that we use what we call small factor power units it's all 40 48 volt already a lot of our high sites are on on buildings that have already got generators and so we don't sit with as many challenges as the as the MNOs uh, which are the mobile network operators uh, where they're sitting with a lot of battery theft um they're sitting with if you th- and if, if you also think about when the mobile networks were built they were built many, many years ago when, when load shedding probably wasn't as bad as it is today. They had their backup power and they knew that if there was an outage, it would be qu- relatively short and maybe one outage a week or whatever the case might be. So even the towers are built to accommodate a certain amount of power. Today they need two, three, four times that amount of power. They can't fit it into the towers so they can't fit it into the environments. So it's a massive, it's a massive challenge that we all face. And once again, that talks to, you know, what is that, uh, last mile uh, ecosystem that I need as a business mm. so that I've got reliability um, and and I can leverage the different technologies, uh, but when one goes down due to load shedding or shell, uh, a cell shrinks due to a lack of power, I've got an alternate medium. And, and, and i think that's part of the discussion uh you know today to say yes 5g is, is is critical in all of that and it and it and it's important in terms of capacity but we must also remember though that uh, when you look at a lot of consumers and even businesses in south Africa they have got too much connectivity now that 's quite weird to yeah. to hear from a from a guy that sells connectivity, but let me tell you, um, I fall into that trap at home as well uh, i 've got a gig pipe, and you know around the yeah. bri i 'm talking about how what a big internet pipe i 've got. I might use forty or fifty or sixty megabits of that truth be told and and then i 'm a relatively high power user at home uh, you know we 've got security we 've got cameras. Uh, we, uh, my wife and I, work from home, so there's always some video going on. My kids are streaming, and it's more than enough. But I want that gig pipe because I yes. can talk about it. So, so that's also something that, that 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 people need to understand. You don't. It's not about the size of the pipe necessarily. It's about the quality of the pipe and about the the performance of the pipe, not the size of the pipe. And and
0: specifically, um, I think. T- something that's come to light out of what you said now something that might have worked um two years ago is not necessarily applicable today i mean two years ago load shedding wasn't that big a thing so i might have had some form of lt backup and it it could have done the trick today it's not the case because the the demand is just um that high definitely definitely something for us to to think about um so let's go. Let's go to this 5G hype story now. Why? Why is this? Uh, uh, I don't. I don't want to call it a hype. Uh, 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 maybe. Um, l- let's say it, it feels to me like there's, there's quite a bit of expectation around 5G. Mm. Uh, and why is that? Why would you say that?
1: So 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 I think when you when you when you look at uh, aug- augmented reality, virtual reality, uh, and and autonomy. That's really where five G is playing a role, and that's really where the hype is. Because if you think about, um, I'm on a four G LTE service, or you know, on a rain uh, on a rain service, and uh, and I'm getting 150 or 175 or 200 megabits per second, that's cool. Once again, I don't necessarily need it, yeah. but it's but it's cool that I've got it. So from a from a general capacity perspective, it's there. But the real hype is around you know the the value add, the uh, the occupational health and safety aspect on a mine or autonomous vehicles on a mine or in a road and that's where the true 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 5g uh, characteristics will come in and that's why it's so hyped up in my in my opinion it's about more slightly more in the future it's not today as far as that goes um you know from a business perspective as well automation in a manufacturing plant that's where you need uh, you know where you're filling uh, hundreds of thousands of uh, of, of of liquid bottles or cool drink bottles a day, you know, something breaks, you've got to stop that, that line immediately and respond within milliseconds or sub one millisecond. That's where 5G plays a role and that's where the real hype is. Um, I don't necessarily see the hype uh, in pure connectivity from a from a 5G perspective. At a, at
0: a consumer level, basically.
1: At, at a consumer level, but even at a business level today, because yeah. it's really only giving you internet connectivity, Correct. if you really think yeah. about it. Um, and it's like you say, if it's, uh, if it's 50 or 150, it's neither here nor there, let's be honest. Exactly. So. Very few people are consuming that, uh, that amount of capacity in any case. I think where 5G, where the hype is also very exciting for us, in particular from a console network's perspective, is when we talk about private 5G. And, and that is a, that is a very, very cool and exciting concept because that's where we will go to a big mine or a big manufacturing plant and actually build them their own 5G network with wow. a, with what you call a standalone core, which is on premise. Which, which connects all their devices, uh, whether those are vehicles, IOT sensors, laptops, cell phones, so that there is the single ecosystem that is highly robust, highly responsive and gives you the, the immediacy that you need for when you are running some form of autonomy or occupational health and safety or you're repairing, uh, you know, vehicles and trucks, uh, remotely. That's where, that's where we think the hype really is today.
0: So, so that would basically, we're not talking consumer level. That, that would basically mean some form of industry relevant application, Correct. be it mining, farming, whatever the story yeah. is. And, and in that community or deployment, you, you could then go and deploy that with the aim of achieving some form of automation or. Correct. That's, yeah. that's quite a bit to think about. Yeah. So so as a, if if I'm a, um, let's go to my example that I always always use on the podcast. I've got an accounting firm in um, Centurion and in
1: a, a small branch in Cape Town and Durban. Five G is neither neither nor there for me. Hundred percent. 100%. It, 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 is a, it is a means to an end of giving you access to the cloud, depending on where, the, where you're running your applications and how you're running your applications, and, and, and once again, how data-intensive your applications are. A lot of cloud uh, applications are data-light because of the connectivity, and uh, that's the bottom line. You want to access your ERP service or your stock service or your HR services or... Uh, you want to do a VoIP call to, 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 to your head office. Um, you know, 10, 20, 30 megabit per second link is more than enough to run a uh, to run a branch uh, of that nature with two three four people in it, uh, unless of course you 're running some form of customer uh, wiFi then once again you need slightly more uh, capacity so that you know depending on whether you want your customers experience to to to, to be satisfactory again, but once you know you don't need you don 't need a lot of capacity to run a uh, you know an accounting firm or a you know uh optometrist or whatever the case might be, okay, so that leads now into my next
0: question, and you and I had a long conversation now before before the show um, can a can a business depend on a on a single source of connectivity
1: so so our 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 answer to that is unequivocally not and uh, and what we 're saying is you are always going to need two mediums and and you know when you look at the main metropolitan areas and you look at the big head offices in Santon, uh fiber will run through the building uh on what we call a ring so um if if one side of the ring breaks the the the, the data traffic is automatically re uh, redirected to the other to the other ring and you've got some form of redundancy and resilience already but if you look at an isolated branch you know you're running a uh, a chicken business in in Polokwani, And, uh, you know, the bottom line is when somebody walks in there and they want to order food uh, and you can't process an order or you can't process a point-of-sale terminal, they walk out – You lose the deal. It's gone for, it's gone forever. So what we're saying is you need two mediums. And from a CommSol perspective, we always talk about, have you got a connectivity strategy that talks to supporting your business and the strategic nature of your business, particularly if it is a digitized business and everything's sitting in the cloud, your voice, your ERP, your data, your, your, you know, your invoicing, your inventory, uh, you need connectivity and it's always got to be on. So you need at least two mediums. And, 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 and part of that conversation is we will always say take a fiber and take a licensed fixed wireless access microwave or, or wireless service. And that will provide you two mediums. We call last mile into your building. The nice thing about having alternate service providers though as well. Is that if your fiber operators internet service provider goes down and you're using a different service provider on your wireless side, you're still up and running. And that's our recommendation is have two separate mediums, have two different service providers, because then you've got the ultimate resilience and redundancy for your business. So, um,
0: you mentioned our, um, twice and we've, we've had. Previously on the show we've we've spoken about what the different types of connectivity means, but you spoke about licensed uh, microwave, and then um, I was telling you about uh, one of one of my customers that's got a uh, he, he just hears the word microwave and then he like freaks out and goes, now I've tried it before, I don't want it, I
1: don't want that. Um, so, um, can you just maybe just talk a little bit about that, us? So, so it's always a uh, it's always a difficult conversation because we are typically a, a licensed wireless uh, service provider as as Comsol. You do get unlicensed or what we call freeband uh, microwave services in South Africa. Once again, there's a place for them. You know, in the rural areas, in the less dense areas where there's no interference, because it is free, there's no licensing associated with it, you and I can go buy an unlicensed uh, microwave dish and put it up between our two houses. The problem that we don't realize is there could be three or four or five or ten other unlicensed providers in that area as well using uh, the same channel configuration when it comes to frequency, and those are going to, of course, interfere with one another, and you're going to have a bad experience. Absolutely, that is one of the challenges with, uh, with unlicensed, uh, um, um, services. And service in that free band is nothing you can do about it. It's not regulated. So, no. so, so you can go and change channels, but then that becomes a hack. So every time you, you encounter a bad service, you've got to log in, change the channel, see if it's better. Okay, right. Cool. We've got there. But tomorrow somebody comes along, pops in another microwave dish on the same channel. Ah interference again and and so that cycle uh continues there is a, a however though uh in the rural areas or in areas where the noise floor which is interference is not high absolutely it's going to work and it's going to be slightly more cost effective and you're going to get the service that you uh, that you require so so once again uh you know for 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 businesses that are running uh, a, a digitized environment, everything in the cloud where you're looking for reliability in really dense metropolitan built up areas. Unequivocally, you need a licensed uh, fixed wild access microwave service and anywhere well, why else. Why is that? What is the license going to do? For you? So license is a single lane. That is where I, I, I program it and I can only use a very specific channel in the frequency band that's allocated to me, so it's nearly like a dedicated highway. And only
0: you are allowed to and use it. And only
1: that link is specifically on that dedicated piece of spectrum. Nothing can interfere with it. And that is regulated. So there, that's why it also costs a little bit more because, of course, there's spectrum fees. We, we pay CASA. We pay the regulator. But the quality of service is guaranteed. So that is the fundamental, uh, difference there. I always say, uh, using an analogy about, uh, having roads, uh, between Khatang and, and, Durban, unlicensed is, uh, you know, a, a 10 lane highway, big trucks, small trucks, taxis, small cars, big cars, super cars, driving unlicensed. They haven't got license. Their driver's on license and there's chaos. Okay, And when it comes to uh, to a licensed environment, we've got dedicated lanes, we've got toll gates. Yes, you pay the toll because the toll uh, money maintains the road. So if I'm in a supercar, I can do my 200 kilometers an hour between Joburg and, and, and Durban. If I'm in a truck, I'm not going to frustrate the supercar because I've got my dedicated lane. So it's really about quality of service. And, and and focusing on uh, on giving customers a dedicated lane and a dedicated uh, um, pipe or access to the
0: internet, and and to me that it comes back to uh, I mean I talk about it often in the show, but you know I also spoke about it now this morning. Uh, it comes the customer has a responsibility and accountability in terms of understanding what decisions they're making, and not just saying oh well. I was told it's this type of
1: technology and therefore that technology is bad. Yeah. So, so look, it's a difficult thing and that's where we really play a big part in trying to educate the market. Um, um you know, it is really about understanding, we call it homogenous last mile services. So, so, uh, let's, let's use, um, Formula One, uh, F1 racing as an example. The guys have got two cars. Okay. They're just about identical. I crash one, I hop into the other one, I go. But it's, it's just as far, same engine. It might have slightly different tires or something might be different to it. The bottom line is when you have got two links, make sure that they are homogenous links, which means they've got the same characteristics or performance characteristics so that the, when the one breaks and the one goes down, Your, your user experience and your customer experience is exactly the same with the second one. Imagine if, uh, you know, in Formula One, they said that, you know, McLaren can have an exact replica vehicle, but, uh, you know, the Red Bull team can only have a F2 vehicle. So it's inferior. Then they're never going to win a race or they're never going to have the, the experience for, from both a driver perspective or a spectator perspective uh, to, to, to realize that, um, you know, that's a proper, true, resilient, or redundant service. Um, then
0: my last question uh, is, we also spoke about this a little bit. Um, to me, I think that uh, our customers ex- uh, post this COVID and lockdown um, apocalypse, um, our our customers' exp- uh, requirements or expectations have changed a little bit um can can we uh, second last question why are is there typically a uh, what determines the contract period that's linked to a to a service and why is that typically there
1: so look i think i think when you are when you are purchasing good quality enterprise-based services, there's a cost associated to it. Any organization wants to make sure, and there's also a cost of installing that service. So yes... Month to month uh, works, but it's like as you as you also said, you know, you you got a lease in a building, you you go into a building, you sign a lease. Uh, people don't uh, do month to month leases for your for your head office, you know, and and for us as well, it's about it's about uh, ensuring that the, the the right product, the right quality is there. That costs money, uh, you know. It's to mitigate risk. The, the spectrum that you use, you can't buy that on a month to month. No, 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 no. That costs us, you know, millions and millions and millions of rands. Every year so so in terms of us just you know managing our risk as a as as a business we Expect customers to, you know, show the same kind of, I suppose, loyalty, uh, you know, to us as we are showing to them with the quality of service, and uh, yeah, it's it it really is, you know, month-to-month contracts work in a in a consumer environment typically, but I don't really think that. So the the contract is not
0: to is not to hook the customer. No,
1: no, 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 no. I think the important part is if you've done your due diligence, you know properly with the customer and understood their requirements. And once again this takes time, you know, and understanding and, and and also educating the customer to a large extent. Uh there's cost to that. And I think at the end of the day, you know, um nobody, if the service is not if it doesn't do what it says on the box, you know, uh very few organizations are going to hold you to it. Yes. So the bottom line is We, we, we get into a contract, we commit to one another, we make sure that the expectations are set on both sides, and we deliver the service as province. If it, if it doesn't work, we take it out.
0: Okay. So on that note, then, um, and part of the reason why I asked this question is, is, is potentially because of all of, all of this hype around pending new technology. Mm People might say, I don't want to commit now because, uh, you know, what if next month something better comes out?" Yeah. So, what what is does the next year or two look like for you in this connectivity space, and and how do I as a business plan around that?
1: So, 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 look. Once again, I think the um, the, the important part there is, unless you are driving a uh, an automated world, or you require, you know, some Sub-millisecond occupational health and safety Controls and mechanisms Or you are running autonomous operations uh, In the next year or two It's still just going to be about capacity uh, that's the bottom line, you know. Basically organ- and, and, and reliability being one hundred percent, and I and I think reali- uh, reliability is so important. And and I just wanted to say one thing as well uh, around the micro- uh, microwave world, as you said earlier on, where you know one of your customers had a bad experience, is they just got to understand that microwave works very very well, particularly when it comes to load shedding uh, in today's world. Because think about this: I'm in an area. My fibers in the area. So if uh if Janusburg water for argument's sake rips up the, the fiber, I've got no connectivity. Uh if a cell tower due to power goes down in my area, my LTE or my backup is uh is is non operational. The nice thing about microwave is remember I'm taking you four, five, six kilometers away from your suburb. So there's probably no uh, activator there ripping up fibre or or power um, issues in that area. So it's in a different sector, as I call it. So that's why it's so important to have uh, you know resilience. But to come back to um, you know your question on the next year or two, I think it's going to be uh, business as usual. It's going to be capacity. I think the, the richer the applications become, the more, uh, the, the, the bigger the pipe's gonna be, uh, or the demand on the pipe is gonna be. But for now, I can tell you that when we look at average utilization of most businesses, and I'm not saying there's always your outliers that are gonna be <laughs> pumping a gig or 16 gig or, or whatever the case might be, but your average business does not need a lot of capacity today. They need reliable capacity. They need resilience and redundant capacity. And there's very, very clever ways of having two services that both work for you together when they're both on. And if one fails, the other one is still there to, 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 to back you up. So um, I think uh, businesses shouldn't be overthinking technology. They should be buying what they need at this point in time as long as it's scalable. So something might change in their business where they need to go from a 50 megabit to 100 megabit per second service. Just make sure that it's scalable and that it is uh, the service provider that you're using has got the, uh, the means to uh, service you and, and upgrade the link.
0: Uh, I mean, for somebody that's head of sales that gives you such good advice, what can you say about it? I mean, uh, uh, again, for me, I think um, the fundamental thing that came out today is we've got to understand what happens with mobile technology, um, um, and specifically as as capacity and uh, or as uh, as demand grows and and these power uh, power problems, and then also to make sure that we we choosing the right. Uh, techno- uh, application for our business. I don't, actually don't want to say technology because we we can overthink it.
1: Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I, and I think there is so much out there that you need service providers that are giving you the right advice for for your business, not selling what they've got in the toolbox and And unfortunately, uh, you know a lot of organizations do uh you know you end up buying something that is not quite fit for purpose mm-hmm. uh, because you know service providers uh, have either got their own agendas number one or number two, you as a business owner. Or, you know, are unfortunately pennywise pound foolish, and uh, you know we've coined this phrase that um, you know a cappuccino or two a day uh, is going to buy you the resilience and the redundancy that you need as a business. So don't be uh, don't be short sighted. Buy what you need uh, because a lost sale or lost revenue is by far worse than uh, a couple of hundred bucks a month that you're spending on uh, alternate and resilient connectivity.
0: Justin, thank you very much. Thank you, Yaku. Appreciate the time. Thanks for listening to Unbundled, brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to demystify technology so that you can make smarter decisions for your business. Remember that you can listen to all of the episodes on the Cliff Central app or website. And for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. And if you're looking for help with communications tools in your business, please make sure to visit catalytic.co.za.
1: Cliff com